Welcome to the Living on Purpose podcast. I am your host, Maudie Wollner, a multiple business owner, life coach, busy mom of three, and curious student of life. This podcast is a place for inspired women to gather. Each week, I will share personal stories, quick inspo, strategies that you can implement right away, and engage in real conversations with badass women who have made the conscious decision to live a life on purpose one that they have intentionally designed and that they now demand. No more allowing our lives to be defined by everyone else. No more putting ourselves on the back burner. No more living in a state of default and never going after our goals or our dreams. We are gonna live our best lives on our terms. Living on purpose is our goal and we're gonna get after it starting right now. This part of the show is quickly becoming my fave, the time where I give you a huge virtual hug and thank you for reviewing the show, My Labor of Love. These ratings and reviews seriously mean the world to me. This comment comes from Car Car Superstar. She says, Maddie has a way of telling stories that spark self-reflection and lead you to think about how you could live a more intentional life. Highly recommended. Hashtag living on purpose. Thank you, thank you, thank you, car, car, superstar. You just seriously made my entire day. And I would love to hear what you think of the show. Leave a review and I will get you a shout out on a future episode. You are tuning in to episode seven of the Living on Purpose podcast. Today I am interviewing Aaron Long. Erin is the volunteer services manager at the local hospice. She is uber involved in our community in a multitude of ways. When I met Erin, I fell instantly in love with her heart, her desire to help other women, and her drive. Oh, this girl has got some drive. If you have a goal or a dream that just seems too impossible or too big, then this episode is a must listen. Erin talks about this big, crazy, scary dream that she had. The dream was to put on an all-day event for women with the intention of connecting and supporting each other. And this ain't no small event either. She's going to tell us how she overcame her fears, powered through some massive hurdles, and got it done. Girl, get ready for some goodness Then Erin is about to throw your way. Let's go. Well, hello, Erin. Welcome to the Living on Purpose podcast. Hello, Maddie. How are you? I'm amazing. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to talk with you today. I am so happy to be here. Awesome. Very cool. Why don't we get started by quickly introducing yourself? Tell us a little bit about what you've got going on both professionally and personally right now. Sure. So I was I was raised in LaConnor and graduated from LaConnor High School. And then got a couple scholarships to go to Western and left small town living for big town Bellingham. Go Vikings! <laughs> uh, and ended up going there for about a year. It was more about finances and being able to have the money to finish. So I came home and went to Skagit and ended up getting my associate's degree, which was hugely beneficial at late, much later in life. But at that time, I was like, ah, it's just just an associate's degree. Mm. 
got married about a year later. And then nine years after that got divorced and figured out that without a greater level of education, I really wasn't going to be able to support my kids the way that I needed to. So I decided as a full-time single, you know, working full-time single mom that I was going <laughs> to go back and get my bachelor's degree because who doesn't do that, right? So I did an online program through Washington State University and did uh, basically online classes. Well, okay, at that time, your online class was they sent you a box of VHS tapes at the beginning of the semester, <laughs> and then you watched one each week, and then you sent them back at the end of the semester, and you went into a center that was actually on Skagit Valley College campus uh, to have your exams proctored. So that took me about three years, and I got my bachelor's degree, uh, which was super exciting, and immediately asked for and received a raise at my current job, which was also very exciting. And then as I was finishing that program, I was invited to participate in Leadership Skagit, and that was really, I think, the piece that had the most influence on my life and my opportunities from that point forward. So I graduated from that program in 2008, a year after graduating with my bachelor's degree in 2007, um, 13 years after graduating from Skagit. So it can be done to go back to school and do that. And really what that ignited in me was this passion for education and lifetime learning and um, both personally and professionally, how important that is, that as much as we think that we know what our job's about and how to do it or what our family's about and how to do it, um, one, we will always learn we don't know everything. <laughs> and two, it's so important to just keep learning and keep having that passion for uh, education, educating others, helping others get that education is really sort of where my passions lie. So. Personally, uh, that has helped me in raising my kids. And when I got remarried and we had a blended family, it's helped me in being able to communicate and have those um, understanding that it's really important for our kids to receive that education. And my husband, who um, also ended up leaving school before he graduated, he took his part time summer job and then that ended up into a 20 year career. So he feels that need to get his education, but then also we have so much that we've both learned from life and working through yes. that time period. So there's a lot to be said, both for formal education and just life's education. Um, this year, we are working on our middle child's wedding. So she is getting married in June of 2020, and she is our precedent-setting wedding in our family. She's the first one, <laughs> uh, but our three kids are in their uh, mid to late 20s, and so we're sort of in that time period of our life, empty nester-ish. Uh, we do have one who's at home working to uh, pay off some of our student loans, and uh, that's, that's great. If you can start married life without a lot of debt, that's sort of our hope for her. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and the other two are working and just, you know, adulting as, as they should be, which is wonderful. And then uh, my husband and I are kind of traveling as much as we possibly can and working towards um, being who we are, So, which is kind of fun. It's nice when you get into this stage of life that you 
uh, aren't working to make sure that you have insurance or make sure that you have the flexibility to be there for your kids. You get to work for yourself now, which is uh, actually very exciting times. Very cool. Okay. Oh my gosh. So I don't remember who introduced us originally, but whoever it was basically was like, you need to know Aaron. Like that's all that they said. And I am so happy that we did get that introduction. And I'm so happy to be talking to you today because there's so much that I didn't know about you that I'm learning already. For instance, I didn't know that you did the WSU online program to finish college. And um, I haven't shared this with the audience or many people, but I did that program really, and I didn't, I didn't finish. So, and the reason I didn't finish is because it was so challenging to be Mm -hmm. a single single mom working full time. And so sister props to you. Like I am bowing down right now. That is a commitment and it is not easy. And you definitely dated yourself with the VHS. That's okay. Uh, that was one of my favorite classes, actually. Was that is the so- history of the Roman Empire. Um, you know what? Really, I did with that. It was so imperative for me to receive that education, and I had just knew that that was what was going to shift my life. Yeah. Um, so my kids and I would sit there, and we would do homework together. And they would be like, oh, I have to do a whole page of subtraction or multiplication or, you know, long division or whatever. And I'm like, well, I have a 12 page paper on the history of the Roman empire. You want to trade? And they're always like, no. <laughs> right. Right. So it was, it was fun. But my favorite part about that was they really loved college. They struggled a little bit in high school and mostly it was with that social aspect, but when they got to college, they both love learning. And if that's what that was able to impart to them was that anybody can do it. You can go back and do whatever. And if you want to get your degree, you can do that. But if that's not what you want, you want to go do something else, you're still, it's a possibility. You have the potential within you to do what it is that you think you can. I love that. And and it was really hard. And I'll tell you when I got into, um, when I met my now husband, Mm -hmm. I was in my last semester and that was the hardest semester for me because I really wanted to have this other piece of my life. I wanted to have the relationship. I wanted to, um, you know, do all those other things. And there were things that I gave up to get that education. I gave up an active lifestyle. I gave up eating very well (laughs) because when you're staying up until midnight or 1am to do your homework, you got to eat or do something to stay awake and, and get that time in. And so you know, putting on weight and not have, being able to focus on other things for myself was really, it was a bit of a struggle, Yeah, uh, but I'm just competitive enough that, <laughs> that I had to finish it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think that there's a learning lesson right there as well, that oftentimes we get so close to the finish line and don't cross it because mm-hmm. that is when the going gets really tough. Uh, I also love that you said there's there's the opportunity to go back to formal education if you want to, and that you can either get a formal education and, or 
life education, that there's both and that you truly can be a student of life either in school or out of school. Oh, absolutely. There's so much to learn everywhere. Right. So education obviously is a huge passion of yours and which kind of leads into, I believe your, um, your big project that I really want to get into today. So tell us a little bit about We Ignite. Yes. So We Ignite was really, I think the opportunity for this was provided by my connections with Leadership Skagit. There was an organization and it still is in existence called the Women's Funding Alliance out of Seattle. And they raise um, a question every year about a women's issue. And then they go out and they fundraise and they research that issue. And once they've got it researched, they spend a whole year researching one issue. And then they travel around the state of Washington and they talk to different communities about that particular issue. So a few years ago, it was women in politics. Uh, another year, it was um, something, I can't remember what they all were, but mm-hmm. The one that I was asked to sit on a panel that year was about um, gender differences in the workplace as well as the gender pay gap. And so that's really what their topic of conversation was. And we were at McIntyre Hall uh, for about an hour and a half together one evening with about 100 women. And I just kept thinking the entire time how amazing that was that, that this organization had come into our community and brought women together and a hundred women in Skagit County got together to, and there was a few men in the room, but got together to talk about the realities of being a woman in the workplace and what it was really like. And it was very, very inspirational to me to feel that my story could impact someone else's life, whether it was a woman that was my age, a woman who was much younger, a woman who was much older. Mm -hmm. We all have had some similar life experiences and being able to share that and know that we're not alone and hear how other women have come out on the other side or have been able to um, figure out how to wade through some of that was just huge. And I just kept thinking, this is so cool, but what if we had a whole day together? What if we had a whole weekend together as women? What could we accomplish then? What, how could we inspire each other? How could we support each other? And what would this community look like if we had an active group of women who were being intentionally supportive of each other? Wow. And my throughout my time living in the community and being actively involved and giving back um, there was a time in my life when I didn't have a lot of money but I could absolutely give of my time and so I got heavily involved in many nonprofit organizations or whether that be youth sports or a parent group or um, Skagit domestic violence and sexual assault services or boys and girls club most frequently it was of my time. And it's only been within the last few years that we've been able to be more financially supportive of these organizations. And often that's because my time is so stretched now that I don't have as much time to give. But one of the things that hit me at one point in time was really, there's so much competition. We have amazing women's organizations in this community, Skagit Women in Business, Skagit Women's Alliance Network, Seroptimist, uh, you know, the Rotary Clubs that are, have women involved, Kiwanis, just everything. There's so many great women in this community, yet we often think 
well, I'm in this rotary and they're in that rotary, so I need to compete with this woman. Or I'm in this organization and she's in that organization, so I need to compete with her. Mm -hmm. I need to, you know, we need to raise more money. We need to, at one point in time, we need to get their auction date before they do so that they can't hold their event this year. Or they have to move their event this year. Mm -hmm. And I just kept thinking, why? Why? There's room for all of us. That's right. And how much greater can this community be if we're working together and not fighting for resources? Um, Not that I feel that resources are finite, Mm -hmm. but. But time is. Time is, right? Yeah, time is definitely finite. And we can expand what we have available to us if we work together. Um, And so that was really the two points that came together in my mind where I thought, gosh, we should hold a women's conference. And what would that look like? And so I started researching and doing some querying via Facebook. Hey, if a women's conference came to this area, what would you like to see? And came up with a few themes. Okay. And then the idea just sort of sat. And that was in March. Let Um, me ask. Okay. March of what year? 2018. Okay. March of 2018, you were sitting with a hundred women and had, and had this yeah, what have inspiration. And have then I was like, ah, that's too big, too scary. Okay. I'm okay. going to let that go. <laughs> okay. And, um, but you know, little things would come to me here and there little, I'd be talking with other women in the community or involved and thinking, gosh, you know, that's still a good idea. But it wasn't until August of 2018 when I was, attending the memorial service, the celebration of life for a mentor of mine who was a person who just lived with love and everybody was worthy and everybody was valuable and precious and you could always learn from each other. And at his memorial service, I just kept hearing this little voice in my head that said, you know, it's your idea. You can't expect anybody else to do it if you're not willing to do it. And that, that just gave me the chills. Oh, that I know. just gave me the chills. It's your idea. Yeah. And you can't expect anybody else to run with it. Wow. Yeah. It's, it was my idea. So, and not that I'm the only woman in the world that's had this idea, not that there aren't other women's conferences out there, but this one in this community with this collaborative feel was really what I was going for. And so I started having a lot of conversations. Well, first of all, that night I was up until 2 a.m. And by the time I went to bed, I had an agenda. I had a budget. I had a, um, like, who could be our sponsors? Who would be our supporters? I had, who would we partner with? I had all of this sketched out and then the like bare bones of the topics that I'd been hearing uh, from different women. And they all sort of fell into three categories. And those were wealth and wealth management, health, and how to um, be either healthier or stronger or more active nutritionally, figuring out how you should eat um, or um, innovation. Okay. Being your own business owner, taking mm-hmm. over a family business or starting your own business, whether that be an at-home business or a brick and mortar business, um, and just started having conversations and hearing from so many people. Yes, there are innov- there's innovation in both genders, but if we stop and think about how innovative women are, mm-hmm. 
your 10-year-old wakes up and says, oh, gosh, mom, by the way, my country report is due and I'm supposed to bring Italian food at two o'clock to the classroom. (laughs) What are we going to do about that? And you have a menu, you have the grocery shopping done. And at two o'clock, you're showing up at that school with cantaloupe or, you know, whatever. (laughs) Right, right. You've agreed to because we can make it happen. And not men don't tend to be built that way. They can make something happen that they've planned to make happen. Um, and when, some women are that way too, but women are just so innovative. Or I came across a woman who her washer and dryer broke and she didn't have the money to invest in it. So she was going to the laundromat and then she realized that she absolutely hated the laundromat. It was gray. The lighting was poor. The music was terrible. It was dirty. It was not a place that you wanted to sit, but you didn't want to leave your clothes. And so you had to stay there, mm-hmm. but the seats were uncomfortable. The bathrooms were terrible. And so she re- bought a laundromat and revamped it and made it into this like boutique laundry where you still come in and you do your laundry, but now you have a comfortable chair to sit in with mm-hmm. great lighting and there's good music and there's Wi-Fi and lots of connections so you can work on your laptop and there's good food there. There's good coffee there. That's what women do is we're like, okay, we have to do this. And so how can we make this better? So, okay. This innovation of women is right. incredible. So let me ask you, so, you know, and you touch on your idea as well as another, yeah. another woman's idea. And, um, that it was, if you weren't going to do something about it, then nobody would. And so I'm assuming that at least one woman out there listening to this podcast has an idea. Mm-hmm. And so let's, let's talk a l- little bit about the how. And it, I think what you said was you had the idea and it was a nagging idea until yeah. finally it, it nagged you too much. And you stayed up till two in the morning, outlining your everything, sketching mm-hmm. it all out, which I think is very important to get your idea out of your head. Yeah. So if that's step one, is just to get your idea out of your head, then your idea is pretty huge. Right. What's step two, Erin? So step two was really um, accessing my resources. Mm. With all of the work that I had done in the community, I had made built relationships over the years with certain organizations. So I had done for at least eight years in a row a fundraising event at this one in Mish Casino. So I called up the gals there and I said, Hey, I have this idea. It's kind of crazy. Can we talk about it? And I made an appointment with them and we started talking about what the idea was and sort of the overall structure. And they said, you know what, we're in. And I just kind of sat there and I was like, okay, what does that mean? And they're like, no, we're in. Yeah. What day do you want? And I was like, Oh, I got to pick a date. So I was like, I, I was thinking February <laughs> and they looked at their calendar and they said, okay, we have this day open. Let's do it that day. And I'm like, okay. So it was just, now I have a date. I have a venue. Now I've got to make it happen. It's like, you know, you know that you want to have friends over. And so you're like, okay, let's pick the 23rd of August. We're going to have a dinner. I'm going to have people over. Now I have to plan it. Right. And that's kind of where women excel is if we've said 
we're going to do this on this day. Then we got to figure it out. Yes. And that's really what I, what I did is I just connected with the resources that I had, um, went with people who knew me and knew how I communicated, knew my work ethic, knew my, where I, you know, how they could, what they could expect from me. And so I think that really helped. I think if you're going into an idea totally cold and you're not accessing those resources that you have, it's going to be a bit more of a struggle, but let's face it, we all have resources. We all interact with people in the community. We all are involved in something. So who are those people that know you and trust you? And that's where you need to start. And if that means you start small or you start big, in my mind, I started small with thinking, okay, I'm going to do a one day event with, you know, 150 people. And then when I got to the casino, they said, okay, but that venue will hold 200. So I think that should be your target number. And instead of saying, oh, that's too scary. That's too big. I was just like, okay. Some of that fake it until you can make it happen. You need to have that faith in yourself. Mm -hmm. And by the time we were done, first of all, we sold out three weeks prior to the event, which in Skagit County is like unheard of. And second of all, we sold out at 220 people, which is phenomenal. That's amazing. And there's such a hunger for it. That's what just Mm -hmm. kept impressing me over and over is every conversation I had with women, the first response was, I'm in, what can I do to help? And the Mm -hmm. second response was, how do I share this and tell all my friends? Oh my gosh. Okay. Back up. That's okay. We're going to go to the vision at uh, in a minute, but I want to back up because back to the idea, back to getting it all out of your head, then to access your resources. Um, I know that we do all have people that we know and trust and can ask. And also I think another great resource is your idea probably has been done before. Let's face it. You're probably not inventing something brand new. So even if you don't know, the person who's done it before, there is someone out there who you could ask. If there's not a person, there's a book. And if there's not a book, there's Google. That's right. And I used all of those. (laughs) Right. So like really getting creative about your resources, I think is really, really important. And then when you do ask someone, it sounds like you were asking people who were willing to push you. Mm Mm-hmm willing to lock you down to a date with pro- which probably seemed like a push at the time willing to expand your horizon of 100 to 200 to 220 i think that's really important too is to surround yourself with people who don't let you keep your vision small right yeah so that's amazing so okay so then you sold out at 220 which is phenomenal Yes. And you put on this event and I know that there were hiccups and hitches with the event, AKA snowmageddon. <laughs> but if you think of it in, in totality in from idea to fruition, what was the biggest challenge? Um, there were two. So one challenge was more logistical. Okay. 
we were obviously brand new. I did not even have, I had an idea, but I didn't have the company behind it. And I most certainly didn't have a nonprofit started. So how do you go about doing that? How do you have an event where sponsors will sponsor, but they want to be able to get that tax deduction and people will attend, but they also want to know that who they're paying is not, it's not just going to like a single person, it's going into some sort of organization. And it was really important to me that this be a nonprofit, that um, just because you're a nonprofit doesn't mean you can't ever make money or have a profit. It just means that your money is going to go back into investing in what your nonprofit is. So ours, um, which is now, it just uh, submitted in July for status. Um, it's an educational organization to support women and whether that might be to help them connect or resources or what have you, but it's educational organization for women. And um, so the big barrier that first year was how do I process the money? Mm. When I start fundraising and people are writing checks, I don't want them writing them out to me Mm -hmm. and I don't want to be funneling this money in and out of my private personal accounts. So how do I do that? And I, it was actually really funny because it's, this idea was big and scary. I mean, let's, let's face it, it was. And at one point, this was in October, I had finally decided that there was no way I could surmount the barrier of how to process the money. Mm. And I had just given myself permission to give up. And it was a great idea, great try, but you should probably call the casino and cancel and, you know, retract your messages on Facebook and just backtrack this baby. And I was at an event, another event for women and the event, you know, it was a dinner. We got done with dinner and this woman who I sort of peripherally knew and honestly, my work ethic with her had not been great. I'd signed up to do some running classes with her and never showed up to a single one because I was way too busy. (laughs) And I thought, oh my gosh, my reputation with you is terrible. Why are you even standing here talking to me? And so she he asked me, you know, just casual conversation. So what are you up to? And I told her I was doing this one thing. And then she's like, oh, what else are you up to? And I told her I was doing this other thing. And she's like, what else are you doing? And I'm like, oh, thinking to myself, oh my gosh, I have to tell her about this. This yeah. is what she's asking me about. Does she know? She can't know. I haven't talked to anybody that are in her circle. So I finally said, well, I was going to be doing this women's conference, but I can't really get over a barrier. And I don't, Um, So I've decided that I'm not going to do it. And she's like, oh, what's your barrier? And I said, well, how to funnel the money through? You know, I'm not a nonprofit. How do I do that? And she looks at me and she says, Erin, that's what I do. I help nonprofits get started and I help seed organizations before they become a nonprofit to coordinate their events. Come to my office tomorrow at 10 and we'll have a conversation and figure this out. And I was kind of like, Oh crap. Yeah. Now I have to do this. Yes. And then I had to show up at her office the next day at 10 right. a.m. And I had to like rearrange three other meetings and go there and talk to her and figure out how to make it happen. Yeah. But this was a resource that I didn't even know about Absolutely. that presented itself to me. Yes. And I just had to be brave enough to say yes to it, mm. which was a little scary. Okay. Um, but I said, yes. And was it the easiest thing to do to figure out how to do all these things? No, it was a huge learning curve. Right. Um, but it gave me the foundation that I needed and 
the nonprofit status for yeah. the event and this and that and these natural partnerships within the community. So it just enhanced and enlarged this vision that I had had. Yeah. Um, not to mention that every conversation that I had with women in the community inspired someone, whether if I was having a talk with one person or five people or 10 people, it was spreading the word naturally. Right. So what I'm hearing is that the challenge wasn't necessarily the obstacle, right? Because the obstacle presented itself. So that wasn't your biggest challenge. It sounds like your biggest challenge, which I think is going to resonate so well with everyone who's listening is your statement of being brave enough to overcome said obstacle. It doesn't matter what got in your way. You knew that you could do it. The challenge was not stopping and not letting the obstacle become a roadblock. Right. Be brave enough to figuring it out. Wow. That's amazing, Erin. I love that story. Okay. So I want to wrap up in the next five minutes and I know you have another challenge. So, and I have two more questions for you. Um, and I want to make sure we get the resources, uh, about we ignite to the listeners. So before I, I didn't forget that you had two major challenges. What was the other one? The other one was, you've already referred to it, Snowmageddon. So, <laughs> so the day of the event and all the way up, you know, all the way up until like, it was literally 4 a.m. the day of the event, I woke up and I was positive all the way up until that point. I don't care what the weather forecasts are. This is going to happen. All of the things that have come together to make this event happen, there's no way it can't happen. I mean, I just, that's what I was living with. And I had people telling me, oh my gosh, are you going to cancel? There's supposed to be a snowstorm, blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. It's going to be fine. 4 a.m. the day of the event, I wake up and there, the newscasters, every radio station, every TV station, everybody's calling it. It's going to be snowmageddon today. Don't go anywhere. Don't leave your homes. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Really? I didn't say that. I said other things, but (laughs) you know what? You can, you can say those things on this. Oh my gosh. I was so distressed. I was really, really distraught. And then I was in that half hour. I was angry. I was sad. I was crying. I was frustrated. I was this, I was that. And then finally I just had to bring myself to this place of peace and gratitude that even if nobody showed up, I knew I was going to be there. I knew my speakers were going to be there because they were staying in the hotel. I knew my committee was going to be there. And there was probably a core group of women that were going to come. And whoever was there that day needed to be there that day. And if they weren't there that day, then it just wasn't the right time. And that was okay. Yeah. And the best thing I think that happened was that it was Snowmageddon. Because I have heard time and time again in the community you know, it was so bad. I couldn't get out of my driveway, but I have heard from 10 women who were there yeah. that I should have been there and I'll be there next year. Wow. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You couldn't build or create that type of marketing plan to people who didn't come to regret so much not being able to come or feel so bad that they couldn't come or those women who were like, I knew I had to get there. And so I got out of my driveway as scary as it was. And I had my friend pick me up at the end of the driveway and we made it and we stayed there all day and it was worth it. Yeah. And so just having those conversations. So that was huge. 
the reality at 7.30 a.m., I had to restructure my entire day because one of my speakers couldn't get out of her house. Um, we had to shift lunch. And so having a casino say, oh, by the way, <laughs> can you shift lunch for your 200-person event um, up by an hour and make this change and this change and don't even bother preparing the food that we were going to serve after 4 o'clock because I don't think anybody's going to stay. Um, so those kind of logistical things, yes that all had to happen. And that was all a little bit stressful, but I just kept coming back all day. The people who are here, the women who are here, they're going to get something out of this. And there were some amazing, amazing things. I mean, I've just got like five that popped up into my head about things that happened during the day that were phenomenal. And did everything go well? No. Were there complaints? Yes. Did people not like the food? Of course. Um, did people want other things? Absolutely. So that's sort of where that 10-year plan is, is mm -hmm. you can't talk about everything that women need to talk about in one day or even yeah, three days. Absolutely. But that's the 10-year vision is to have a three-day event and okay. be able to cover way more topics and mm -hmm. have women there, but also have those men who want to support women in the community right. be in that realm. So. So I love the, the lesson that I think I learned from your challenges was that every idea is worth sharing. So you had a big vision and you kept coming back to, if only one, one person shows up, if I impact one woman, woman, then my time here has been worth it. Then my idea was a success. So I love that mentality. And I also love your uh, vulnerability just to share the heartache that you had throughout, because I think so many of us have so much of that, yet we put on the strong facade uh, because we don't want people to see that we struggled through it. So I just want to thank you so much for being open and willing to share those challenges with us. And just to tell you what a badass you are for overcoming all of them. Like <laughs> truly you're amazing. Oh my gosh. Some days, let me tell you. <laughs> Absolutely. So tell me the date of we ignite and how we register. Right. So, uh, best thing is to go to our website. It's we ignite wa.org. Okay. Um, and that has the link to registration. So it's through Eventbrite. Right Perfect. now, um, and then tickets are on sale. The ticket okay. sales are open. The dates are February 6th and 7th. We're going to have a Thursday night sort of after five gathering, social, inspirational speaker. And then the next day, the Friday, have the all-day conference. It will be out at the Swinomish again, which is nice to be returning there. And so we're just working through um, getting everything that we need for the Thursday and Friday and we are working to settle our slate of speakers, but Mari is one of our inspirational women that's going to be speaking. I can't and wait. I'm so excited. And this year, because it is 2020, it's an election year, mm -hmm. we are going to have a fourth topic and that's going to be politics. Okay. Uh, so, which I actually had the opportunity to hear from a, an elected official the other day. And she's like, I can't stand that word politics. You need to change it. So we'll see huh. what we're going we're to change it to, but politics apparently has a negative connotation and she didn't feel negative about her. Mm, all right. I, all right. Yeah. So we're working with the league of women voters and a couple of other uh, people who are, uh, 
really amazing women in our community to either help if you want to run for politics or talking about how to be an informed voter. Um, what are the elected positions in Skagit County? There's actually 93 elected positions in Skagit County. So if you want oh to start small, here's right. some chances. Uh, anything from the Dyke District to mayoral races. So I think the, since this podcast is going out to other states, the lesson there is that you definitely can uh, get involved. There is room for you. I will put the link to We Ignite in the show notes um, for our listeners. And I didn't even prep you on this question. So I'm totally springing it on you. Um, But I'm going to end all of my uh, interviews with the same question. And that is, what does living on purpose mean to you? Living on purpose uh, means to me that being really intentional with your choices and often getting the support that you need, whether that be a coach or one or two particular mentors in your life who you can really, who can be honest with you about things. You know, am I getting involved in too many things? What are the things that I can cut out of my life? Is winning this one particular award more important than spending time with my family for the next year? Um, really making those intentional decisions and not just saying yes to everything that comes to you, but okay. also not intentionally saying no. You know, being really thoughtful about what it is that you're going to say yes and no to and how that impacts your greater self, Um, which sometimes you don't know until you're involved and having to walk away from something is sometimes difficult, but a necessity to um, maintain who you are. And a necessity. Yeah. All right, Erin, this has been such, such a pleasure. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and I cannot wait to support you in your We Ignite passion. And I am so excited for your Living on Purpose podcast. I've already subscribed, so. Awesome, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Living on Purpose podcast. It has been a blast hanging out with you. If you loved this week's episode, please hit that subscribe button. That way you won't miss any future goodness we throw your way. Craving community and connection with like-minded badass women feel free to join us in the Living on Purpose Facebook group. And of course, the best gift that you could possibly give is an honest review on iTunes. All right, that's it. Until next time, always keep living on purpose.